This is Ryfield Will, and you're listening to the Ricky Henderson of Podcast, the best podcast of A's baseball. Woo! That's right, baby. We're back for episode two. We got the endorsement from our man, Ryfield Will. So excited for today's episode. Uh, yeah, I just want to thank everybody for listening to episode one, and thanks again to Dallas Braden and Jane Lee for uh, for being our first guests ever on the Ricky Henderson of Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Espinoza. We got a great episode lined up for you today with uh, RF Will 149 on Twitter, uh, also known as Rightfield Will. Uh, Will McNeil, a uh, hardcore A's fan who's really uh, gained a huge profile over the past couple years, thanks to his boy Ray Fossey, and uh, also talking to another 149 member, uh, Section 149 member, Ricky Fong, who happened to be uh, 10 or 11 years old as a kid uh, when Angels in the Outfield was actually filmed at the Oakland Coliseum. You know, not a lot of people know it was actually filmed at Oakland, so I, th- I thought that was interesting uh, to get his perspective. And, um, but yeah, you know, I'm really excited to, to let people get to know Will, who's just super duper hardcore A's fan, but also just a super duper hardcore baseball fan. And uh, also talk to another couple of his longtime friends, Omar Gonzalez and Anson Casanares, who uh, provided some great insight into to Will's fandom and what makes him such a passionate guy. So uh, yeah, for me personally, I first noticed Will in 2012. Uh, when the Balfour Rage started taking off, the Mad Aussie, the Mad Australian closer, Graham Balfour, uh, just absolutely loved it. He was f bombing himself on the in the bullpen mound, and then he dumped some water on his head, run out to the Metallica music, and then Will would be out be out there thrashing his arms, and then it just became a a huge A's um, you know phenomenon eventually, like he like he'll tell you later. So uh, yeah. Now he's Ray Fossey's favorite fan, and uh, <laughs> and who knows, he could be a future PA announcer down the road. He's already starting to do it with the Stockton Ports. So, uh, yeah, uh, Will has some great stories to share. Uh, to share, uh, he's already been to a couple baseball games in the past couple weeks. Uh, not even a pandemic can slow this man down. So, all right, let's get into it. Episode two of the Ricky Henderson podcast with Will McNeil. here with the most famous A's fan in the world, right field, Will149 on Twitter. You see him at pretty much every game. Will, how's it going, man? Welcome to the Ricky Henderson of Podcast. I'm happy to be here. I don't know about the most famous fan. That was way too <laughs> kind of you, but uh, I appreciate that. It's a great honor. I'll take it. Dude, I feel like if there was power rankings, you'd probably be up there for sure. You'd definitely be number one. I, in my book, you'd be number one. I don't know. <laughs> in the 2020 <laughs> power rankings. <laughs> uh, way too kind, man. Just, that, that means a lot. But, dude, I just know – I know you're a huge A's fan, but it's, you're just a massive baseball fan. Um, so, I know last night you drove – where to Yuba City to go see a baseball game? Can you tell me about last night. Tell me about uh, last night's game. I had a whole experience. Uh, yeah, it was a nice two-hour drive to beautiful Mary's Vale, California at uh, Casula Casino Stadium. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty run down. I mean, the center field wall is not really there. It's a black tarp. Uh, <laughs> on top of the scoreboard says, hi, my name is Bob. What's yours? So, I mean, it, it's, it's very minor league-ish, but, I mean, it's a great time. Uh, they usually draw 4,000 fans during a non-COVID year. Uh-huh. In fact, they're actually playing games right now. I was – I've got to check out. This is my second one I saw. It was a much better game than the first one. Uh, good pitchers duel. A lot of great, yeah, great action last night. 
good times and everybody was wearing their mask minus some selfies i took i took my mask off just to take my selfie then i was good and uh, <laughs> had a few cold ones the owner even bought me a cold one i can't complain it was a great time but then so you're you're already friends with the owner at this point, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, we talked to him real fast, my friends and I, and uh, they were amazed. He, we came two hours to watch baseball, and uh, hey, he bought us some drinks. I'm not complaining. I'm never going to say no to a free beer. <laughs> That's amazing, dude. So, so I mean, how did you – are you just like – I mean, assuming without baseball, there's a massive void in your life without being able to go to live baseball games. So are you just like researching, like, where's the closest baseball game I can go to? I mean, how did you hear about this in the first place, you know? I was originally talking to the uh, Lincoln Potters, the team they played last night. I was trying to see – I've heard about the Collegiate Summer League stuff, so I was trying to get into one of their games. So that's what it is, Collegiate – it's it's Collegiate Summer League? Is that is that the yeah, type of baseball? Yeah, Summer League. A lot of teams were going to try to play still, and then a lot of them fell by the wayside. And they wanted these college kids to get their at-bats. And uh, just – I lucked out finding about this team. Originally, they were supposed to allow fans. Then they weren't. Then they said Marysvale was going, too. So I jumped all over that. I was like, okay, 100 fans. You only <laughs> buy your tickets online. I'm on it. So I'm Oh, interested. really? So it's a limited – it's a, only 100 tickets per game kind of a deal. Wow. Absolutely. Only 100 fans, GA tickets per game, and you could upgrade it for 4 bucks to sit in the box seats. I was happy just being in the GA bleacher section, just down the right field line and just watching baseball. Yeah, who did you go with? I saw you were with a couple of friends, right? Who'd you go with? I was there with my friend uh, Ashley and Dennis. Good old De- D-, D Money, Dennis Biles. <laughs> Ashley's a left fielder. She's all right. That's amazing, dude. That's so cool. So, I mean, um, so yeah, what was the atmosphere like? I mean, with only 100 people in there, uh, you guys barely outnumber the players and the staff, you know? I mean, what, what is it like, uh, you know, watching a game in that kind of atmosphere? I mean, it's pretty quiet. You could easily hear the dugouts, which is a lot of fun because college baseball, there's a lot more chirping from the dugouts, like very vocal chirping from the dugouts. So you really get a chance to uh, really hear everything that's going on. You get to hear some good heckles. You get to hear some of the uh, coaches really talking to the umpires about certain calls. But uh, nobody got ejected or nothing, so I was always disappointed by that. I want to see at least one ejection a game. It's always fun when that happens. uh, (laughs) It's a great time. I mean, I've I've even done – I've even been up at 2.30 in the morning watching the KBO. I'm doing whatever I can to get any sort of baseball fix right now because I, I miss it dearly. It's, uh, <laughs> I'm working more. I don't like it. I don't like working more. This is terrible. I want to be at the ballpark. <laughs> and, um, and, and you went a couple weeks ago too, right? Wasn't it like a 21-to-1 game or something like that? Yeah, like what? two teams. It was a 21-to-1 game. Lincoln destroyed Marysvale, or a Yuba Sutter, Marysvale. But uh, this time, Yuba Sutter, Marysvale, they came out and actually got the W3-to-1. It was, yeah, it, was, it was a much better game. It made the drive a lot more worth it to see a more competitive ball game. Yeah, yeah, because when you drive all the way up there, you see 22-to-1. It's like, ah, oh, man, well, <laughs> at least yeah, we saw the tarp in center field. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, we got to the point where it's like we were look, getting excited about trains going by the outfield wall. That's how it got when it was that game. So, yeah, it's a it's an interesting little stadium. I mean, a lot of history to it. It's a good time, though. I mean, if they have about two weeks left of their season, they play Thursday to Sunday. I mean, if you're really bored, check it out. <laughs> and uh, and Omar Gonzalez, I interviewed him. He said uh, he said something really funny. He said, "Have baseball, will travel." Uh, I don't know if you ever heard that. But yes, I have. You've told me that before. That's, that's what I do. <laughs> What's, like, the weirdest situation you've ever seen? Like, the farthest you've had to drive? Like, the, the most effort you put in to see a baseball game? 
I'm, was this it? Was this it? Or like, what's like the weirdest situation you've seen a game? Uh, you know, worst one ever was it was after an A's afternoon game. I was trying to get the Stockton to catch the evening game, and it was a major crash on the Altamont, and then all the side roads were backed up. And so it took me to get to Banner Island Ballpark almost three and a half hours to go. Usually it would take on a non-traffic day an hour. It took me three and a half hours to get to the game. I made it just in time for first pitch, but I looked overly stressed out because I was not happy sitting in a car for two and a half, three and a half hours just trying to get to a Stockton Ports game. <laughs> and, and Anson was saying, too, sometimes you do some crazy, like, back-to-back-to-backs, right? Like, you'll, you'll, like, go to a day game at the Coliseum, a night game at the Ports, and, like, a day game at the Coliseum the next day or something like that. Will, will you, oh, will, yeah. I've, I've done that a few you, different times. Yeah, is that what you live for? Is that like your your those are like your favorite times or what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love doubleheader days. I will gladly go from Hayward to the Coliseum to my easy drive, and for the nighttime, I will gladly go from the Coliseum to Stockton and go back to Hayward that night. I will gladly do that. Anytime I can see two games, maybe even three games in a day, I will gladly do it. Yeah, and it always seems like you make an effort. Like you said, like you met the owner up in <laughs> up in Yuba City. Like, do you always make an effort to you know introduce yourself to the players, coaches, or whoever is Especially in minor league, you know, it's such a small universe. A lot of the times, like a few people are running the show. Do you always make an effort to to introduce yourself to those people, or does it just naturally kind of happen? It usually just naturally happens. Like I thought, we were in the beer line. We thought one of the guys, the owner, we just wanted to ask what the Bob on the scoreboard things. Like this is the most random thing. Like why is this? Hello, my name is Bob. Is up on the scoreboard. What's yours? Is like why is that up there? So he was just coming by, and we just we asked him the question, and he we started talking a bit. Then I went down to the beer line. And he saw me. He's like, I'm taking care of this guy's uh, round of beers. So I was like, oh, okay. So stuff like that just ran away. <laughs> Wait, what was his answer, though? You got to tell me the answer about the Bob the Bob thing. So, Oh, it was great. I guess they, before they got the scoreboard in last season, somebody in the factory was just screwing around with it and put that in there when they shipped it out. That's what showed up on the board right when they got it. Cause they don't have the control panel for it. They are supposed to send it back right before COVID this year to get it fixed and ready for the season. But uh, – no, it didn't happen. So the team photo last year actually had that in there because it was like an inside joke. It was like a joke with the players, too. So I guess this year you're going to have the same thing up there. It was only supposed to be a one-year thing. It'll be a two-year thing. But, yeah, it's going to be the team photo and everything. It's going to be great. They should, just keep be it, they should just keep it there permanently. This sounds hilarious, dude. you got to send me oh, a photo. Be- I hope you got a photo of that thing. you got to send it I over, do. I'll dude. send that over to you uh, later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be hilarious. hilarious. Dude, that's- I mean, it- I mean, you got to be there really to kind of really appreciate it. But it's just even the picture you just look at like, why is that up there? It just it adds to the element of these of these COVID ball games. It's great. So is it like just like a, a a poster, or is it like the the scoreboard is fixed? Like like the light bulbs the are fixed. Like the scoreboard lights on the top part of it, the very top, where it's <laughs> be like a message board is just fixed on it. It's just a red. Hi, my name is Bob. What's yours? It's just on the scoreboard. <laughs> That's hilarious, dude. That is so funny, man. Um, so, so yeah, when um, yeah, when did you become an A's fan? I mean, I, obviously you grew up in the in the East Bay, right? Where did you grow up? And like, did you were you always an A's fan, or you born into it, or what? Uh, I grew up. I mean, San Lorenzo, Pleasant, and Hayward. So I've always been here in the Bay Area. Uh-huh. Uh, I just grew up being an A's fan. Most of my family was Giants fans, so I wanted to be different. <laughs> so I figured. I also I thought green and gold were better colors than jack lanterns. So I decided to stick with the uh, Oakland A's. And I mean. First game I ever saw a baseball game on TV was Mark McGuire hitting a home run in like 1987. So it just, it stuck with me and I've yeah, been an A's fan ever since. Love being at the stadium, pre-Mount Davis, current uh, situation. Just, yeah, A's fan through and through. 
for life, I bleed green and gold. I'm not going to actually test that out, though. I don't want to do that right now. <laughs> That's so funny, man. That's crazy. You came from a family of Giants fans. Who would have ever thought, man? Look at you. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. my uncle took me to a lot of Giants games. He would try to throw a Giants hat on me. I was just looking at him very confused. I'd always have my A's hat on. So, yeah, it was great. I mean, he took me to a lot of games. Candlestick was a good time to watch baseball. But, yeah, I prefer the call team and prefer Oakland A's baseball all day, any day. That's so funny. So you would be like, no, we're, we're, going, to the, we're going to the A's game. That's so funny. You would bring your family to the A's game. You know, that's great. <laughs> I do my best anyway. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, when did, you, um, when did you start sitting in the bleachers? When did you kind of, um, you know, meeting, uh, you know, Anson, uh, Omar, Tony, Denny, uh, Cass? Like, when did, when did you guys all kind of start meeting each other? You know? I mean, I remember it was a game against the San Francisco Giants at I don't. I think it was AT and T pack, but I don't know which one, which one is at the time. But I saw all those guys out in left field, like standing up, or right field. I apologize, standing up out there, like left fielders, right fielders. I went up to a five ten guy, Bobby Salentis, asking, "Hey, what can I do to get a, be a part of your guys' crew?" I'm like, "I see you guys every game on TV. This looks amazing. I've mm-hmm. sat behind you guys a few times. I'd love to be out there with you guys." And he's like, "Left field's really full right now. Talk to Keith uh, Selman and uh, see if he gets you in the right field." I did, and then starting in August of 05, I've been 149, row one, seat seven, ever since. That's been my seat since, like, August of 05, and I don't plan on leaving there anytime soon. I love that's, that area. That's crazy, man. So how, about how many, like, you know, in a normal, a normal year when there's, there's 81 games at home, how, about how many, how many A's games a year are you going to, you think? Uh, home games, try uh, – at least 80, 81. I, I played all <laughs> At one. At least 80. 79 to 80 for sure. I'm there. I only missed like one or two because of other like family commitments that I really have to go to. Or like, yeah. I, I mean, this sounds ridiculous. Most people should not do this. I try to schedule my life around my baseball. I mean, it's terrible <laughs> to do, but that's what I do. My job, I try to tell them, sorry, I can't come in today. I can't fill in today. I got to go to the game. Yeah. Sorry. Find somebody else. And you work a lot of graveyard shifts too, right? I heard you do a lot of graveyard shifts too, right? Oh, uh, way too many graveyard shifts. I have – actually, I got to do one t- tonight, and then they have me coming back at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. I guess they are trying to punish me for all the times I've done this stuff, so uh, it's all right. <laughs> and and when, did, when was, like, the first time you got a text from a friend like, oh, we just saw you on TV? Like, or, or was that, like, really early on? Or when, when did that, like, start happening, you know? Uh, like, that really started blowing up thanks to social media. That's yeah. really when it started taking off the Matsui Land stuff. That's when people really started noticing. Then the Balfour Rage. Like 2011? Rage. So like 2011 in Matsui Land, like when that, that kind of took off? That's yeah. really when everything started getting like the TV stuff. Yeah. Hey, they're showing you on TV. Hey, they're showing you on TV. Oh, you're on TV. I'm like, oh, no. And then the Balfour yeah. Rage stuff really. And uh, then you had the Hulk hands at that point, right? You had the, the yeah. Hulk hands. Yeah. <laughs> that really took off. And then it really took off from there. And then, yeah, now it's, I can't even go Do little. Yeah, I do a little. I can't even go on a road trip now without Ray Fossey giving me crap, like eating donuts or something. I can't do anything, so it's great. I know. It's so funny, dude. Every time they just they, – you're just there, just normal. And they're like, oh, there's right field Will again. <laughs> I mean, is that kind Pretty of sur- – Pretty much. Yeah, I mean, is that kind of surreal that Ray Fossey, you know, knows who you are and, like, you know, they they have camera guys, like, out there looking for you on road games? That's kind of funny, right? Oh, it's it's absolutely surreal. Or even like road games, I'm not there. I've been sitting at Porky's Pizza Palace in San Leandro, just relaxing, drinking a beer. All of a sudden, Fossey's like, "I'm amazed Will's not here in Seattle. What the heck does he actually work?" And I'm like, "What? The, you're even mentioning me on air when I'm not there? What is going on, Fossey?" <laughs> 
I never thought I would be able to say I know Ray Fossey and like talk to him and all that or Kuiper. It's just it or like Korak and Vince. It's really crazy to me that I'm yeah. I'm just a fan. I'm a regular guy. Like when people come up and ask me for photos, it's the oddest thing in the world. I'm like, you guys realize I'm just a fan who loves his team. Yeah. It's really a trip. I've never understood. Yeah, and like, I've never it, understood really. And and pretty much when you tweet at the A's or Dave Cavill, like they'll they'll respond like yeah, like they yeah, there's like a conversation going on. It's not like a one way thing. It's really cool. You know, I like it. it. I mean, trust me, it's it's odd to be in that. Like, I don't. It's a weird thing to have. Like, I've never been able to quite understand why it's happened the way it has. But I mean, I'm I'll embrace it. But it, it's really odd to me when anybody seriously like I could tweet to Dave Cavill and he responds back to me, and like it, it blows my mind that I guess I have some influence. Or I guess it's just it's odd to me. It really is, <laughs> dude. I mean, your passion shows, and everybody knows it. And I, I'm really curious about like the 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 genesis of the Balfour rage. Like, what was your inspiration for that? Obviously, he had the music, but like, where where did you kind of come up with that? I mean, we were really bad in 2011. I mean, there's no denying that as much as I would like to. I mean, you signed Matsui, you signed DeJesus, and you get Willingham. You were hoping the team would do something. The team was still terrible. It was, I mean, still fun, but terrible. So to make people laugh in like a random series in July against Minnesota or someone like that, I was like, you know what? When Balfour's music hits, I'm just going to swing my arms around like a crazy person, like I'm in a mosh pit, and just go <laughs> from there. And... <laughs> started doing that and i did that by myself for a while and then uh-huh. jen kind of got into it and then time over time the rest of the section got into it they showed it on like a csn or i don't know what it was at the time i think it was csn uh-huh. and people were like what are they doing and just over time it just started taking off youtube videos started coming out like biking for baseball <laughs> over time it just started taking off so game 162 and man almost the whole stadium was doing it it's surreal uh, just look at that and go like something i did just to be funny turning almost like a baseball phenomenon i know i mean what honestly that's still one of my favorite a's videos is the game 162 um you know it's the game 162 where you guys were all raging how i mean how, how cool was that that moment right there you know <laughs> oh it's one of the coolest things in the world also and just be like wow I'm just looking around the stadiums. I'm doing it. And when, <laughs> five days in a row of us doing it, too. So my arms were dead. I think most of ours were dead. We did. He came in for like five days straight. But I'm just not even taking a glimpse or looking around the stadium. Oh, it's just awesome. I mean, I just looked like something I did to be funny took off. And I thank everybody in the bleachers and right field to help make it what it was and left field as well. Because if they didn't really want to – I mean, if they didn't start doing it, it would just be my solo self looking like an idiot swinging his arms around in the mosh pit kind of thing. But they, they embraced it. They made it big. And I can't thank them enough. I give the bleachers all the credit in the world for what they did. They <laughs> what it is. And, and that also led to uh, Josh Hamilton Appreciation Day the next year too, right? What about that afternoon? That was a special, funny afternoon as well, you know? Oh, that wasn't even an afternoon. That was an all-night festival. We were there till 1.42 <laughs> in the morning on Josh Hamilton Appreciation Night. Let me tell you. Yeah. I mean, oh, that was – I mean, we were, uh, seriously, we were there 19 innings against the Angels for Hamilton Night. I mean, I can't complain. That was – That's right. Games. That was the 19-inning game. I forgot, dude. That's right. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that was a blast. I will never forget getting a call from my family – thinking where the heck are you because i was still at home at the time you're like where are you i'm like the game just ended you're like what i'm like no the game just ended i swear i'm not any, doing anything i'm not supposed to the game just ended so it was awesome not getting home till the back to pleasant until like almost 2 30 in the morning it was great 
<laughs> and uh, I, I remember you guys were all just had butterfingers, like everybody. Uh, and then Josh even like somebody threw a butterfinger down to him, and he was like playing. He was cool with like he 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 kind of played around with you guys, right? Oh, Josh embraced it. He was really cool with that. I mean, if I was any other, like most other athletes would not be cool with something like that, almost making fun of them for a mistake they made. But he was embracing it. He even ate a butterfinger. I mean, he was having a blast with it. Yeah. He talked to us all night. Yeah, and, and the next morning, because we went to the morning, and yeah, he was he was a great guy d during that. So that was really cool. It was a great time, and I mean, the bleachers, you never know what fun events are going to pop up randomly. Yeah, and then 2013, that's also when the Doolittle, I mean, because I think Balfour was gone after 2012, is that right? And then 2013, yeah, Doolittle came in yeah. as a closer, is that right? I mean, Balfour was still around in 13. He was an all-star for us that year, but I mean... Yeah, Doolittle was out there, so we're like, hey, he's got Metallica music, too. So we start that headbang. So it'd be fun, the eighth inning headbang, ninth inning rage. <laughs> you got your cardio, your, your like, chiropractic, chiropractic work. I mean, you got everything you needed. It was great. And, yeah, what is it about that bleacher crew? I mean, Omar was telling me, like, you spend money on a really nice custom flag for him. You do it for a lot of people. You know, not a lot of people do that stuff. What is it about uh, the connection that you guys have out there? I mean, it's just amazing how we've all come – we all come from either different backgrounds – different whatever but we all we all just connect so much over baseball and it's just the friendship just builds from there it's i mean i see Cass, ross dennis a lot of them during the off season it's the oh this is well this extra long off season i see everybody because we're trying to go like the drake's brewery or do something but it's just we like the line out of fever pitch which is kind of stupid but it's like they are like my summer family I love seeing them all the time. It's odd when you don't see your friends every day. This has been, it's been a terrible off, extra long off season to say the least. I miss everybody. I miss yeah. seeing them every day, showing, yeah. sharing our passion for our team. But if this season does get off the ground, it's gonna be a little different, of course. But we'll be watching on TV, trying to find places to enjoy, and I can't wait. Yeah, dude. And um, and yeah, do you think when baseball does come back that you'll just you guys will maybe go on more road trips? Like you guys will like you know maybe make it. I know you guys go on a few road trips every season, but do you guys think you'll even it'll be like a whole another level of fandom for you guys just because it's been taken away? You know? Oh, I'm as as long as this COVID stuff is everything else by next season is gone. Oh, we're I already know. Like I saw Arizona. Okay, done. Spring training and the regular games. San Diego, Colorado, probably Detroit, Toronto. Like I'm trying to plan out. Like I want to see, like, I want to see like a, almost a third, like a fourth, like a, at least two thirds of the A season next year. I want to see like 110, 120 games. I'm like I'm saving my money up for that. That's I want awesome. to do that. That's awesome, dude. And like, how many ballparks have you visited? How many of you? How many have you been to total? Uh, I've been to big league parks. I've been to 16 of them. 16 can what what are they i'm curious which ones have you been to if you can can you rattle them off or what you got them oh, that's pretty tough uh i'm gonna yeah, it's gonna be very tricky let's see oakland both san francisco arizona colorado san diego anaheim seattle uh, the old texas stadium now i guess since they just got rid of that houston tampa Damn, oh. Tampa? You went all the way down to Tampa? You're there was a doubleheader. I had to go to Tampa. <laughs> oh, it was a doubleheader at Tropicana Field. I had to go. Who says that? That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I, I, want to sit, I wanted to sit ninth because one of them went extra innings. I had to sit 19 innings in a day indoors. Who would? Yeah, and I was there right when the gates open, doors open, so it was crazy. That's hilarious. That's uh, so Minnesota, great. Pittsburgh. I know I'm missing – oh, Milwaukee, Wrigley. Uh, White Sox Stadium, 
Yeah, I know I'm probably missing nice. somebody. Have you been to Cincinnati? You've been out there? I've not been there. I'm waiting. I, I, I'm I, trying to do it where I see the A's in all those ballparks. The only one I've not seen the A's in is Milwaukee. That was just uh-huh. a – after a game against the White Sox last year, the A's played randomly on Friday at 2. We're like, let's go to Milwaukee. So we went to Milwaukee and caught a game there against Texas. I Hunter Pence was all confused. Like, what are you doing here? And then, okay. <laughs> and then uh, Jesse Chavez, somebody's like, what the hell, Will? You're here and randomly watching this. I'm like, yeah, my A's gear. You guys know who I am. It's all good. That's so funny, man. That's great. <laughs> what about uh, Fenway or like New York? Have you been out, uh, out there to the East that Coast? That was supposed to be this year. It was supposed to be Washington or New York, Washington, and Fenway. That was on our list oh, this year. Oh, man. That's a bummer. That would have been a great trip, dude. That would have been fun. Yeah. 10 days of baseball. It doesn't get any better for me. And then also sightseeing, too. I would have loved it. Yeah. And uh, I saw I saw on your Instagram you recently shared that old picture of you as a, a vendor. Uh, what what year was that? When when were you uh, selling uh, selling stuff? What what were you selling too? Did you have like a main thing? Or what were you doing? Oh, 2009. I was selling like your frozen lemonade, your cotton candy, your uh, oh, I was selling all whatever they would uh-huh. give me. I was trying to sell it. I was just trying to make whatever money I could. I was desperate for work at the time, so I was like, I will do this. <laughs> and uh, it was great. I I enjoyed it. It was I especially good working the Raider games because they were so drunk and uh they would uh, they would buy a six dollar item, hand me a hundred dollar bill, and say keep the change. I look at them all confused, and their friends like he's hammered, just get out of here. So I mean, <laughs> because of that. So it was that sounds great. like a very Raiders story. That sounds like a very Raiders. <laughs> Yeah, That's no right. complaints. I, I I made a $94 tip on a $6 item. I'll gladly take that. And I ran like hell. And I never went by that section the rest of the game in case he came too. <laughs> and and in, by that point, you had a bunch of friends all over the stadium too, right? So you would like be at, as a fan one game and then working the other game, right? I'm sure that would have been funny, right? Going back oh, and yeah. forth. Oh, right? yeah. Left field and right field would give me such a hard time. And I <laughs> oh, get out of here. Stop trying to sell to us. Like, hey, I'm trying to, I got to make money, guys. Buy something from me, please. Yeah, and uh, and are are you interested in uh, PA announcing as a like a long term career? Like, how, would that be cool if you were uh, if you were the A's PA announcer? Um, you know, at some point down the road. I mean, if that ever came about, I would be more than happy to do it. Dick Callahan's doing a great job now, but I mean, when I did that half inning last year, he's like, "We found my replacement." So, <laughs> so I was, I'm, yeah, that was a thrill. I was happy doing some games in Stockton last year, getting my feet wet. It was. It, it trust me, it's a lot harder than people think. I thought, honest to God, I knew it was tough, but having to read the advertisements, having to say them properly, where you say it slow enough where they could hear you over the PA, yeah. uh, it's it's a tricky job. Anybody who thinks that job's easy, oh, they are they are mistaken big time. <laughs> yeah, how, how many games have you called in Stockton total? How many how many you called down there? Uh, I did about thirteen last year. It was <laughs> it was a great time. I loved it. It was. Uh, a great learning experience. Made many blunders along the way. Some <laughs> of the players' names. That, oh, my God. Some of the players' names I look at, I'm like, uh, even the phonetical spelling, you're looking at this like, this ain't going to help me. So I <laughs> actually announced it like five times. I'm like, how do you say this? Yeah. Okay, one more time. Record this for me. Now listen to his recording of it. I'm like, that doesn't help me either. So it's just like, I, you just take your best guess and hope the players and turn around and look at you going like, what was that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, because I mean, yeah, I love Dick Callahan. He he really, I think, keeps a uh, great. I don't know. He really adds something. It it really is kind of magical when he's he's there in the Coliseum. You know, I really like his voice. But I would love to see you. You know, there after him, dude. I'm putting your name in the hat. You got my vote, dude. 
<laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. Let Castle know that and everything else, and I'll be happy as heck. That'd be good. I, would, <laughs> I mean, I would. it'd be odd even not being in the bleachers, but I would love that opportunity. I mean, being the voice of the Coliseum for even, even just a season, I'd be thrilled. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. Uh, well, yeah, dude, that's, all I, that's pretty much all I got. But, um, I mean, um, yeah, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about or – I mean, how stoked are you just for, for, for the A's to come back? I mean, it's only a couple of weeks away here. I mean, ideally, hopefully everything, knock on wood, you know, everything's all right. Everybody stays healthy. But, uh, I mean, yeah, are you just excited to watch them come back in a couple of weeks? I mean, it's going to be an odd feeling only being a 60-game season. I mean, I was hoping at least for half. But Manfred and the owners, it was, that was just, the saga was frustrating to the point where I, I many times over saying just cancel the season because the way they were arguing, that was the tough part. But yeah. the fact now we have a season, I'm looking forward to hopefully see the A's. Do- I, I've been saying for three, four years, this was the year the A's were going to win the World Series. Now they got to start off strong right off the bat. I think they could do it, but I'm ready to watch with Ross, Cassandra, all those guys, like all of them uh-huh. somewhere watching our team hopefully dominate, hopefully kick some you know what. and. Let's do it. Let's win the World Series this year. Even though it'll be kind of a – Like an asterisk. No par- <laughs> let me know parade again, just like 89 if they do, but whatever. <laughs> I, I want it. I want the World Series. I want it bad. I mean, don't you think almost in a way this could uh, this could help them? Because, you know, they don't need to rely on Lazardo and Puck to make 30 starts. They only need them to make 12 starts, you know? Like, uh, I don't know. It could, it could help, right, this, this short season. You know, they absolutely you can, but they just start so slow usually, but they heat up in the summer months. We're starting in the summer, so I think this team could just – if they just start off hot right out the gate, this team could do some damage. Absolutely. Awesome, man. Well, uh, well, thank you so much for your time, Will. I really, really appreciate it, dude. And, uh, yeah, hopefully in 2021 we'll be able to, you know, tailgate and go to a game together at some point. Man, I hope so. I miss, I miss the tailgates. I miss the fun. I miss the Coliseum. I miss the atmosphere. Let's let's get it back. Let's get this cure. Let's go. Let's get some baseball back going. Awesome. Thank you. You got it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks again to Will McNeil for sharing his story. It's uh, always great to hear people's backstories and how they got how they got into the A's in the first place. And uh, but yeah, honestly, for me, I thought the funniest part about that interview was um, when he was talking about how he went up to Yuba, or excuse me, Marysvale, like up in the Yuba City area, up in Northern California, and uh, yeah, that scoreboard just says, "Hi, my name is Bob. What is yours?" So I think it's time for me to do some investigative reporting to, you know, track down that factory worker who wrote the message and see if his name is actually Bob. You know, we gotta find. We got to find scoreboard Bob. (laughs) Uh, That would be hilarious. So, yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RickyBlog for updates. And, um, you know, we're we're definitely probably annoying the hell out of the A's social media team and Dave Cavill at this point, asking them to bring back A's dollar dogs. Yeah, don't forget about our petition to bring back A's dollar dogs, change.org slash bring back dollar dogs. Join the conversation with hashtag bring back dollar dogs. Uh, anyways, so yeah, we've been tweeting that a bunch at the A's and Dave Cavill. 
um, you know, just having fun with some memes and videos. Be sure to check us out on social media. But we got a couple more interviews this episode. Uh, we're going to start off with our man Omar Gonzalez, a longtime mainstay at 149. Uh, he's now living in Merced with his family. Hope him and his fam are doing all good. But yeah, Omar provided some great insight on why Will has become the legend that he has uh, today over the past few years. So I hope you guys enjoyed this interview. Will just kind of just took on this like persona, man. Like, and he was, if it's just him being him, like he's just so passionate, man. Like, and it's so funny because like if you follow him like on Facebook or anything like that, he always just posts on you know whatever another shift or whatever, living the dream, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, just, dude, that's like Will's it. tagline, man. Yeah, he is really he's he's really living the dream, dude. That guy. He's just so enthusiastic off. about everything. You gotta love it, you know. You gotta love it. Oh yeah. man, you couldn't you couldn't ask to meet a you couldn't uh, meet a nicer guy, man. He's just uh, and he's like he he is what a he is what it, who he is, you know. He's there's no like you don't really feel like there's like these weird layers to him. He's just like, hey man, he loves you, he cares about you. He you know uh, uh, he organizes all the uh, bleacher like bowling nights. And so you guys go to Porky's so, you know, Pizza or whatever. Yeah, you guys yeah. Always hang out you go to Porky's, Porky's <laughs> and then you go down the road to Manor Bowl and you go do your thing. And I remember one. Let me see one Tuesday, uh, one bowling night. Oh, you got the you got the flag. Okay. Yeah. So one, so one bowling night, he goes and he brings me this, and he goes, "Here you go, man." He goes, "This is for you." And he goes, "Right field, Omar." That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, he paid for that out of his own money, and those little custom flags, they ain't cheap. Are you and serious? So, that's nuts, man. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's yeah, nuts, dude. Man. He paid. He gave, He bought that for me, and I was like, "Dude, Will, serious?" And he's like, "Yeah, man." He goes, "You need to have one." And so, um, so yeah, dude. He, it's so cool, man. He he said he's got a great heart, and he's you know he loves the A's, and uh, yeah. And, <laughs> So yeah, it's really cool to kind of he gets a, he gets some shine, you know, out there. Hell yeah! I mean, that's great. Like Ray Fossey loves him, dude. Ray Fossey calls him out all the time. It's all the time, dude, man. Like, oh, there's Will again. Like, there's there's San Diego. There's Will. <laughs> yeah, I know. And there he's just sitting there with that red beard, just <laughs> waving his flag. That's hilarious, just, man. You know? Yeah, <laughs> doing his little dance moves. <laughs> I know. I mean, and I know he's. Um, I know he's done some PA announcing for the Stockton Ports and stuff like that. I mean, how cool would that yeah. be if eventually long? I mean, you know, Dick, uh, Dick Callahan can't do it forever. You know, I mean, how cool would it be if Will? You know, I, I'm vouching for Will to take. I mean, I, I know he's already got in there. I would love if Will was a PA announcer, dude. That's what I'm going. Throwing his name in the hat, man. Yeah, We're petitioning that, right? to yeah. have Will. <laughs> Will would he would absolutely do incredible at that, and he's got like that that really deep voice. Too. Like, just, <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, right? It just makes. I think that I think that I think that makes the most sense. If that was Will's job, I think there'd be nobody more deserving, and and who would oh, enjoy man. it more than Will McNeil? You know, absolutely, absolutely no, man. Will he, he's deserving of of a, of a lot of great things, man. He's a good dude, man. He's a good friend. Yeah, and what do you remember about the Balfour Rage? How do you remember about that catching fire? You know? Oh, dude. Well, I let's see what happened with that. I don't. I think one night. Well, let's see what happened. So Will would just do it, right? Will he would just do it on his own? <laughs> <laughs> well, he likes heavy metal, right? Like he's a heavy metal kind of guy, right? Yeah, like, especially yeah. since Balfour comes out. You know, he was coming out to Metallica or whatever, and yeah. um, 
And so uh, Will would just get up and, you know, he would do something for everyone. <laughs> and uh, he always have, he'd have something, man. He's just full of it. And, um, and he's just, so he was getting up and he was just kind of doing his thing. And we would all just sit around and be talking, right. As he, you know, and sometimes we didn't even pay attention. And then, uh, and then sometimes we just laugh our heads off because, you know, that song, we just go longer or whatever. And there's Will, he's like gas. And uh, it's like two minutes straight and, uh, of him. Like, Oh God. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> hilarious, dude. And then I remember one time Shin, he got up and we said, go, go, go. And it was Shin, <laughs> it was Shin and Will. And Shin had his Godzilla mask on. And so you had Will going. <laughs> and you, I think Ross has a video on his YouTube channel. Uh-huh. And, and then you have Shin over there with, ah. Yeah, that looks great with the Godzilla going nuts. Yeah, that's fantastic. Oh, it was yeah. so much fun, man. And then um, I didn't, I think eventually we all started like joining in. I remember it was one night. It we just all organically just and, happened, right? Yeah, it just. Yeah, uh, yeah so, it just, exactly. Yeah. It was organic, super organic. It was just like, let's just have fun with this thing, you know? And uh, so then it just started blowing up, especially everyone started doing it. And then um, that it became a thing, dude. Yeah, it so really great. became a thing. I remember in like September, like, dude, game 162, like the rage at one. I think there's a YouTube video of the, the 162 whole rage. Stadium. It was like, it was, well, they didn't cut the, yeah. I don't think CSN cut Yeah, the yeah that's break. right. They stayed. That's they right. Stayed. God like, bless that producer or director. God bless whoever made that direct dude, decision. <laughs> that was epic and it was yeah. so long too i felt like that thing was going forever like as <laughs> so, soon as they got the first out they were like they just started playing it because they just knew <laughs> like you know like yeah. oh because uh, you know the a's were up i think six runs and it was like dude this is pure celebration right here it's like yeah oh and i and i think and and, and there was no need for balfour to come out but he wanted to go out and you and when they showed dude, the you had, yeah you have to like yeah oh, his, i mean like, his, yeah. his i think his jersey was buttoned open <laughs> and he had just thrown water on his face he's i need to go cussing you can dude, see him cussing yeah. <laughs> and he just goes out there the dude is like a monster and uh and they're there where all of us are out there just gassing you know and then Will had those Hulk hands he used to put on his. Yeah, his the Hulk hands. So. Those were. Cla- <laughs> yeah. I think that really helps too when somebody's doing that. Yeah, you know? especially because yeah. you have this giant fist those rolling. These are like in the three air. feet long. Those things are huge. Yeah. <laughs> I like mid, I think I made like midway yeah. through the season. I had made a Balfour Rage sign, and it was like I think I painted it yellow, and I printed out a cutout of Balfour like yelling. And then I put like Balfour Rage Balfour or something. Rage, yeah, and then every yeah. now and then you'll see the sign up in the air. Yeah, there's still that so classic just, photo photo around. Yeah, yeah, him yelling. Yeah, yeah, I know. The yeah, exactly. Mean, just yeah. Ah, yeah. dude. And so there's a dude. That thing just it just like you said, man. It's so organic and it was yeah. just so like nothing was ever planned, dude. Things just happened out there. So some yeah. things I, there's some things that were planned, like the second Bacon Tuesday that was planned, but that. Mm kind of just happened also you but know? The, that so. the first one was uh yeah just organic too yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. it was just <laughs> i think someone even brought uh chicharrones is trying to pass it off as a, a cousin of bacon so you know <laughs> everything out there just kind of develops you know <laughs> and and also will I, I think i don't know if anybody loves baseball more than will because i on thursday i know he already went to a game a couple of weeks ago like way up in northern Cal- deep in northern oh, california yeah he's going to another game on thursday i mean what about that you know <laughs> he, he uh, was it was a uh, have a uh, have baseball will travel you know that's <laughs> dude if you got innings he's there dude he's like a baseball fiend man he'll i remember going out to the neptune pearls one time with him or i forgot where it was it was like a local game right there i think it was alameda or something there 
he was like, hey, you want to go to this game with me? It's like these, I was like, sure. And then, like, people knew him. Like, hey, what's up, Will? And he's like, hey, hey. You know? yeah. <laughs> and it's like everywhere he goes, they know him, man. And so, dude, this guy will go. He is like, I think he's like the baseball super, he's like California's biggest uh, super fan of baseball, dude. It's crazy. Oh, yeah. man. He's, and he's like a, a, a walking almanac, too. Like, he yeah. knows, like, sports, stats. He knows all the, he knows all the um, the guys in the minors. He knows, you know, I mean, everything, man. He goes to Fall League. He, he does all of it, dude. Like, he is, like, committed, dedicated. Like, so, uh, I don't, I don't know anyone else who knows as much about ball like, as Will does, honestly, or even would travel as much to see a lot of these guys that he does too. And so um, he's just got a love for the game, man. He's so unique, dude. He's such a genuine dude. Yeah. What do you think about his jersey collection too? I mean, he's got the randomest – he's got like oh, Ty Van Berkeleos. He's got – who else does he got? Who are – Tommy Everidge. He loves Tommy Everidge. Everidge. The Everidge one is like <laughs> – I think that's his classic one, man. I remember seeing that one all the time. It was like, serious? Well, that's the most random jersey. <laughs> but yeah, he loves that guy. He's got everybody. He's got everybody. He's got everybody. Yeah, he's got it all, man. So, and he, if he likes them – well, he knows them all, so – he knows like all the players, and I was just like, dude, seriously, dude. He just he, he's like, oh, you know, this guy used to play in the, you know, uh, <laughs> two thousand one, two thousand things between April and you know May. <laughs> yeah. He just he's just a he's just a stat guy, and he just got a love for it, dude. Um, yeah, yeah, man, he'll he'll go anywhere. You got a you got an inning to watch, and he'll watch it. So, mm-hmm. dude, well. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, dude. And um, I'm sure Will's going to, you know, hopefully get some more props off this interview, you know? So, oh, you know. heck yeah, man. Yeah, he's, he's such a good dude. A lot of those guys, man, a lot of those guys deserve a lot of love. Will, you know, he's a mainstay. And he's, a, he's a good man, man. He's got a good heart, too. So, so. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much. All right. I appreciate it. Man, we're going heavy on the nostalgia this episode. I appreciate Omar for his time uh, giving us, you know, the background, uh, Pierre's view of of Will McNeil. Because if you go back and look at the game 162 Balfour Rage, you'll see Omar is actually just to the right of Will. Um, So, yeah, I'll be sure to share that video. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RickyBlog. And, yeah, up next we got Anson Casanaris, another classic member of the Bleacher Crew. Hope y'all enjoyed this one. Yeah, you know, you've known Will, you know, for a long time. I mean, how cool is it to see, like, how his profile has been raised so much and now how he's just become, like, a larger-than-life uh, figure for A's fans, you know? I love it. I love it because I've always said – so, I've known Will since 2007, and I've always said that there needs to be a right-field Will bobblehood because <laughs> the dedication that this man has – not only for sports, but the Oakland A's is insane. Like this dude will literally travel from a, first of all, he'll work a graveyard shift, right? Go to an A's day game, travel to Stockton, go to work, work another graveyard shift, go to a ports game. And like, if they're playing like 11 o'clock in in the afternoon, like, <laughs> like how, how does he sleep? Where does he sleep? <laughs> exactly. Or like he'll travel to watch the ports in Bakersfield, come back, work, go to an A's game the next day. Like he, he is the walking encyclopedia of sports and baseball in general. Like this man, 
I swear to God, if you have a conversation with them, you'll be you'll just be blown away. But yeah, I I love that. Um, every time I'm, I watch an A's game, I see Will and Ray Fossey imitates his voice. It's hilarious to me. Like everyone knows Will. He's the nicest in the world. Dude, Ray Fossey loves Will. Ray Fossey loves it. Every time Will's on TV, Ryan is like, oh, there's Will again. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. It's so and it's, hilarious. It's funny watching him because it's like, they'll, they'll have a shot of Will like in Oakland in, in right field, right? And they're like, oh, they had like a little schedule, like A's in Anaheim and A's are going to Texas. And then, and then he'll be doing his thing. And then in the corner, oh, not the corner, but like in the background, Ray Fossey's like, oh, I bet we'll see right after Will at that some of these games. <laughs> they have a shot of him in Anaheim just eating nachos or whatever like that. yeah just just doing nothing just like they like can you just imagine all the, like the producers like all right we need to find will scan the yeah. crowds for will <laughs> exactly and he's, he's not that hard to find like he's wearing like little gold like bright gold jerseys or like i mean he's he's everywhere so yeah yeah he's got the sunglasses the hat the jersey you know where to find will you know <laughs> i love it and, uh, I mean, how hilarious – I mean, I saw a couple weeks ago he drove, like – I think it was close to, like, the Oregon-California border. I don't know. He drove, like, really far north to watch a, a no-name baseball game. It was, like, 21 to 1, you know? I mean, and he's, he's going to a game tomorrow. I mean, how funny is it? Like, he'll just go anywhere to watch a game. I mean, it's, it's not funny. It's, it's not surprising. Is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this man will, like, travel to, like, Antarctica to watch uh, a random – below a baseball team who is suffering to find funding to buy socks like he will find any type of baseball game or sports to find i don't even know how he found this like i'm, I'm, playing, I'm literally playing it will be the show like i'm this is i'm like oh man this is the best i'm getting i'm on my phone I'm like how'd you find a baseball game? <laughs> i know you're so hilarious <laughs> I mean, and how cool is it? He's uh, he's starting to dabble as a PA announcer with the Ports, and I know he even did a game with the A's. Or I don't know if he did a game or an inning. I mean, dude, uh, how much are you? Would you love to see Will uh, take over as PA announcer at some point uh, for the A's? That's, I honestly, not being biased because he's a good friend of mine. I he has the perfect voice for radio. He has the perfect voice for. It's good, right? He's really good on the mic, dude. Like, it's not even fake. It's not like he's like talking like this. Like this, that's his actual voice. Yeah. And like, if I think it's perfect, and it's yeah. I, I've seen clips of him in in the booth for in Stockton. I'm like, dude, like you should like literally pursue this because I know his background. And when he was in college, he he was doing you know like some sports broadcasting type of things of course you know things happen but i still think that with the way that the world works he can still have a podcast he can still do whatever he wants dude like he's perfect for this so i hope that it evolves with something so we need to go fund me i know dude we need to start a petition to get will to be the pa announcer dude (laughs) i love it but yeah it's i when when he um I, i i got really excited when he was at the Coliseum and was announcing batters. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this dude's dream right now. <laughs> and it's funny because I was like, I did Callahan. I'm like, if I was him, I'd be like, oh, man, I'm kind of screwed because this dude's voice is. <laughs> no, I, I, that's what I think, too. I mean, you know, I, I love Dick Callahan. He's great. Um, you know, I want him to do it as long as he wants to do it. I think that job is his is as long as he wants to do it. But Whenever he wants to step down, I would love to see him pass the torch to Will. He'll be there at 4 a.m. for a 7 p.m. game. Yeah. Oh, God. 
And um and yeah, one more thing too. I was asking Sniff about Angels in the Outfield. So did you know that was filmed at the Coliseum? And how does it make did. you feel? How did you? Oh, how does yes. it make you feel as an A's fan, dude? Is that kind of funny? Because like you have your little movie, and it's in our house. So huh, we got we got four world titles in Oakland. We got two movies filmed there. So. <laughs> That's right. You got to love the Bleacher Crew. Oh, man, so much fun out there. Uh, those guys just know how to have a good time. Either the team's winning or losing. It's always a good time in 149. So thanks again to Anson Casanares, Omar Gonzalez, and, of course, Will McNeil for sharing their time on the Ricky Henderson of Podcasts, a.k.a. the GOAP, the greatest of all podcasts. And, yeah, we got to take it back to 1993 for this next story. I think I'm going to start calling this the sideshow. It's like you got to end every episode with a little side something, you know? So let's call this the sideshow. Uh, we're going to take it back to 1993. Um, back then, Ricky Fong was about 10 or 11 years old. And he noticed that people were starting to mess with the Coliseum. And he asked his mom what was going on. And he found out the Angels in the Outfield was actually filming. So uh, I'll let him fill you in on the details. But it's a fun little cool story about how that classic 90s uh, movie Angels in the Outfield uh, was filmed at the Coliseum and uh, his experience there yeah, and the cast was crazy for that movie too I mean it had Danny Glover Matthew McConaughey Tony Danza in his prime uh, Adrian Brody he won like best actor a few years later like 10 years later but he was just like a supporting role actor for this one uh, Christopher Lloyd was in this one I mean it's a who's who of 90s stars. That little kid who said, hey, it could happen. And the catcher, the catcher was hilarious. I always loved the catcher. The catcher was great. So yeah, you know, uh, just I think it was like the golden age for, for baseball movies, if you, if you ask me, those 90s. You know, I think we had, well, we had Sandlot. Um, we had Little Big League, Rookie of the Year. I mean, if you want to go other sports, you know, Mighty Ducks, Little Giants. Great times. Great times to be a kid growing up in the 90s. So keep the nostalgia going with Ricky Fong discussing Angels in the Outfield at Oakland Coliseum. All right, so we're here on the second ever episode of the Ricky Henderson of Podcast. So glad to welcome Ricky Fong to the Ricky Henderson of Podcast. How you doing, Ricky? Everything all good? Awesome so far, Alex. How you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're here to talk about the Angels in the Outfield because, uh, you know, not a lot of people know that it was, it was actually filmed at the Oakland Coliseum. You would think, you know, it was filmed in L.A. or Anaheim, uh, wherever the hell the Angels were at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so, yeah, what year was this and how did your family hear about it? How old were you? Can you just give us some background on, uh, you know, you were there in the stands as a fan. And uh, I'd just love to get some background on how you, your family heard about it in the first place. Sure, sure. No problem. So this was the 1993 season, and uh, we already kind of knew that the A's weren't going to make the playoffs. So what ended up happening was that during the September of that year, they started changing all the walls to the color blue. And I was a little, conf as being 10 or 11 years old, I was really confused. You know, because I kind of figured, I was like, wait a second here, are the A's moving? Or are they getting a color, color scheme, et cetera? So this is in the middle of the season you're talking about, right? Yes. Right, uh, right in the middle, I believe it was, uh, we went to a game in the middle of September. I can't remember exactly what game, but we, it, was a, it was a weekend game. So they went 
hardcore to the point where they even changed the radio affiliate for the A's, who I believe was KSFO 560 at the time, to some random station in uh, in um, Los Angeles. Like the Angels, know. the Angels affiliate at that time. I'm assuming, right? Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure, <laughs> but it, it's kind of it's kind of. Uh, I was like, wait, why are they doing this? Yeah. So, so, so that was the first time you noticed, like, okay, something's going on. Oh, absolutely. So then my mom, what she ended up doing is that she asked around and then she filmed, found out that they were filming Angels in the Outfield in the, uh, at the Coliseum after, uh, I think, in either like mid-October, mid-October or November for, the, for an upcoming movie. And they said, oh, Tony Danza was in it. And also, I guess, Danny Glover as well. And that's all you kind of know. Those were kind of the popular people at the time because of, um, was it Tony Danza, I believe, was still doing Who's the Boss at the time? Yeah, and then Danny Glover's, you know, and all the lethal weapons, like he's at the height of his fame, you know. That's absolutely that's <laughs> absolutely correct. And I like like that's all pretty much who I knew at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so so what, then, what, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, yeah. So so I mean, did you guys have to like apply? Like what was that whole like what was that whole process like to get actually into the stadium and everything? So my mom mentioned to me that what they ended up doing is that she had to, uh, she got a phone number from some, uh, from someone that was actually recruiting for people to be extras in the film. So she got down there, she got their number and then uh, ended up giving them a call. And then I think we went on a Saturday and I think it was like nine in the morning, nine or 10 in the morning. And we had to wait outside with another couple hundred people or so. (laughs) <laughs> so that was interesting so I, I thought that was interesting um and you, you guys know, are all did, did 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 it tell you to like dress in a's gear before you got there and stuff or like did you guys just assume like okay we're, we're a's fans or or no it was angels fans did you guys have to change did you guys have to like change into angels gear or what was that like um what they ended up they had they said the dress code was wear something like it was the ni- 90 degrees in southern california <laughs> so if you're thinking mid middle of October, it's probably not too. It's probably you know comfortable enough, but not. Uh, it's comfortable enough for maybe a sweatshirt, but you ended up being you know like sometimes a t-shirt too. So you don't you know never know about you know that. I think I wore a sweatshirt and jeans to the game, so I wasn't completely dressed for the part. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you said there was a couple hundred fans. Is that it? Were you guys like all huddled behind home plate? Like, where did you guys sit uh, when, when, once, once you actually got in to the stadium? Well, the reason they ended up doing that was because they were filming the scenes where the angels were really bad. So they had a lack of, fa- uh, they had a lack of fans. Oh, so, so they-, they pretty much spread out the 200 people throughout the entire, entire lower bowl of the Coliseum, which is the parts they were filming for. And also on top of that, to find some irony in all this, they put us down the, so they ended up putting us down the um, third baseline. Um, I believe it, we were sitting actually in our normal seats that my dad had season tickets at the time. And I think we were in like section 126, I think like row like 13 or something like that. So, you know, great seats to see a ball game. Um, yeah, yeah. So the, Just like kind of the, above the dugout, like kind of like, right, like a little bit past the dugout maybe and like a few rows up, right? Uh, no, actually, 126, I believe, is where the A's bullpen is. Oh, okay. Nice, nice, nice. So what ended up hap- happening, too, and this is one of the ir- ironies of this, was that with the COVID-19 pandemic that's going on, the A- as you know, the A's are doing the stories, uh, doing the cardboard cutouts of fans that send photos in that, that go to their 
uh, with the proceeds going to the community fund. And what they did at the time before they used all the blue screen and people is that they did card, they, there was actually cardboard cutouts of fans all throughout the stadium, uh, all throughout the stadium. So it was kind of like socially distanced. So like, so for example, like we were sitting in our seats and then maybe like two rows in front of us, there was a cardboard cutout of a family. It was really weird. <laughs> That's so bizarre. That's so weird. So, so you said you were there for a day. Is that right? Like how, how, how many hours, like what, what was the, uh, what was the whole like length of your experience? It was from not, it, it lasted from about 10 to about five, but we left probably around one o'clock because my mom got bored. <laughs> I so think I would have stayed, I would have stayed there all day. So, so w- would they basically like shoot a scene for 10 seconds and then pause for like 10 minutes? Like, was it, was it that kind of situation? And what, I'm just curious what the production was like, were they telling you what to do? Like, cause I, I saw your tweet uh, last week, you said, uh, somebody sent out some clip of the outfielder getting picked up by the angels and he made a great catch. And then, um, and, and you said, Oh, I remember this scene. Like they told us to keep our mouths open. Like we saw the, a great catch. Like, I'm just curious yeah. what the, that, that whole experience was like, you know, like the production. That was interesting because so in film, they try to f- film ang- uh, the same scene from about, from literally like five, six, seven, eight different angles. And it's really interesting what the cameras were doing. Like, so the scene was Matthew McConaughey was going up for this catch that it was pretty much impossible that he was going to make, but he was getting help from an angel or two angels, I believe. To yeah, I think it was catch. one on each arm. I think it yeah, was on the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're correct. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, was, it was absolutely one on each arm. Yeah. <laughs> so, what in a, so the first thing they tried to do was that they had to try... They had to have him jump. And, you know, when you're trying to, like, long jump into a baseball catch, that didn't work out. That doesn't work out very well. It looks kind of odd. Yeah. So what the next thing they did is that they took one of those step stool chairs and they had him jump off of that. Oh, so it was, it was like, so, so it looks like he had a little bit more elevation and stuff like that. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Absolutely, absolutely. Then I'm not, I don't remember them actually using wires at the time. So what they probably ended up doing is that they might have used some camera trickery for the movie to just move him, sl- uh, to move him slowly. So he may have only gone a couple feet, but the camera trickery that they used probably moved him about three or four feet in the, as we see in the final film. <laughs> That's so funny. Cause um, I mean, it must be weird, right? Cause you remember seeing that person and then you go to the theaters or whatever, like as soon as that movie came out, did you just go to the theaters and see it or what? I mean, uh, what was that like once it came out? The theaters was interesting because like, you know, since it was, you know, for we we assume that since it was a remake, I believe I don't remember exactly when the remake was. I think it was like the 1950s or something like that. And you know, everyone knew about the remake, but they wanted to see how, you know, like they wanted to see what this other one looked like. And I thought it was kind of cool, you know, like my parent my parents brought me and, you know, I liked the movie for what it was. Um, but you know, like yeah, I I really thought it was the most awesome thing to see the Coliseum on film. <laughs> and and did you have any interactions um with 
with any actors because I mean, we were talking about this before before we started i mean they had some really classic 90s actors i mean i'm looking at the imdb it was danny glover joseph gordon uh, joseph gordon levitt tony danza christopher lloyd mcconaughey uh the catcher was hilarious the little kid who says like oh uh, you know it can happen you know like i don't know everybody was just classic 90s actors you know oh oh absolutely and i didn't even know about him either you know I didn't really talk uh, since we were kind of like in the stands, like we had, I think Danny Glover spoke to the crowd like once or twice saying, thank you for showing up. But I think that was about it. Uh, most of it was kind of like everyone was just doing their jobs. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you know, like, yeah, I, it was, it was interesting. Yeah. And um, so yeah, do you have any other funny stories or any other weird, uh, weird things that happened uh, on that afternoon or that, that you remember when you were a kid? Oh yeah, for sure. So um, actually one thing when they first started was that they introduced the line, the quote unquote lineup for the angels and they announced all the actors. So it was kind of interesting. It's like, you know, like, um, so Neil McDonough played the pitcher Whit Bass, who was really weird. And I was like, you know, I, you know, I didn't know who he was at the time. And then, you know, like they introduced a guy named Danny Hemmerling and he goes like, he's played by a guy named Adrian Brody. And I was like, who is like 12 years old? You're like, who or 11, 12, 10, 11. You're like, who is he? And then, you know, like you're kind of like, now it's like, whoa. Yeah. He won an Oscar or something, right? Like he's like, I I believe so. I think he did, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And he Um, just had like a supporting role in this little 90s baseball flick. It's hilarious. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, the only person outside of like Tony Danz and Danny Glover that I recognized was Mitchell Page, who pitched, uh, who played for the, who played, who played for the A's for a little. He played uh, their first, uh, their first baseman. I believe his name, uh, his name was actually never mentioned in the film, but I believe in the end credits, uh, his name was uh, Abascal, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. So I, was, I found that to be kind of interesting. But anyways, um, the funny story I have from it was that so. Um, <laughs> Ray Mitchell, uh, who was, I guess, their, the Angels star slugger in the film, was played by a guy named Stoney Jackson. And my 10, 11-year-old self confused him with the guy that played Willie Lopez in the movie Ghost, which came out a couple years earlier. So I was like, I have to root for this guy? Because if you remember in Ghost... The guy that played Willie Lopez, his name is Rick Aviles. He ended up passing away, I believe, in 1995. He's the guy that originally killed Patrick Swayze's character. <laughs> so, you just, so you were like automatically like, dude, I can't root for this guy. Like, yeah, I don't because, like this guy at all. <laughs> yeah, because like, you know, like at that time, it's kind of like, even if like, you know, like, you know, you learn to you know, not like someone because, you know, of what they did in a movie, because, you know, at that time, you don't know that, you know, you're not necessarily completely understanding the difference of how, you know, the age, your age is at the time, your age at the time is like, you know, you can't understand that this movie was fake. <laughs> you, th- you think everything's real. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. Yeah. Uh, and, and so yeah this movie came out in like 1994 it was like in the peak I, th- I feel like we we got kind of spoiled I was born in 87 so you know I was a kid when this came out I loved the movie uh, like rookie of the year came out around this time I think little big league uh, Sandlot yeah Sandlot what what is your favorite 90s baseball movie oh I have to go with Sandlot for sure 
Yeah, I think I, I think I have to too. I mean, I think I have. I think that's. I think I think I have to too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smalls was basically. I felt like you know, like I feel like I could relate to the character of Smalls. Um, you know, I've played. You know, like playing catch with my dad in the backyard. I've, you know, like there's a couple of times where we we're playing catch with hardball, and I've actually got hit in the face. You know, getting hit in the eye with a baseball is not very fun. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, man. Well, uh, well, shit. yeah, I think that's all I got. But, um, but yeah, thank you so much for your time, man. Is there anything else you want to add? Is there anything else hilarious? Anything else you think uh, yeah, actually, fans should know? The, yeah, there's actually another one more scene that I wanted to discuss real quick. Where, um, yeah, please, please. Where uh, Matthew McConaughey's character in the early going <laughs> um, collides with uh, Israel Harabi's character, Martinez. Uh, I believe, like, he's uh, Martinez is the short left. Uh, the shortstop at the time when they collide and this led to the fight between the pitcher I guess pitcher Frank Gates and Danny Glover's character or George Knox on the mound and the funny thing is that when they were filming that the player McConaughey and Harabi had a hard time wanting to run into each other because obviously if you're running into someone at full speed it hurts yeah, so, and, and you said they do like multiple takes, so they would have to keep yes. doing it over and over again, right? Yeah, that sounds absolutely. No fun. Yeah. <laughs> so the person, the stunt coordinator who was helping out at the time was, and also he plays a prominent role later on the movie was Carney Lansford. So I thought that was kind of cool. Wait, what? Oh, so he was like the consultant, like the baseball, like the guy who actually knew what baseball was, consultant kind of guy. Yeah, he he was he was doing some uh, consulting work and like kind of like helping out with the stunt. So they ran it. So they ran out. They ran out to him uh, as well. So I thought that was kind of interesting. <laughs> That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Yep. And also, um, one other thing is that. So there's also another scene in that film where Adrian Brody's character hits a ball, and the um, defense has like 20 errors, and <laughs> Annie Hammerling gets an inside the park home run. So we were there for the start of that because we were trying to figure out what was going on because all we had, so they introduced the A's and they came out, they came out of the center field gate. And what ended up happening was that when the A's came out, all the fans that were in the stadium stood and cheered because it was the quote unquote A's that came out, you know, but, <laughs> but, but then they said yeah. like, hey, just guys, the they're just actors. Yeah. We're supposed to boo them because we're quote unquote angel fans. You know, like, and everyone just kind of groaned and I was like, really? That's hilarious. I kind of love that, dude. That's great. You just see yeah. the uniforms and you just start cheering, right? It's just natural, right? <laughs> Absolutely. But I think what it is is that, you know, like for me is that I saw their jerseys and hats at the time and I think they may have taken liberties and made the hats a little bit darker than they should have been because it, it didn't really look like the complete A's hats, A's hats of the time. It was like made for made for the cameras that they were using or whatever. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And then, like, I guess if you want to say, like, on an ending thought, you know, like, mm -hmm. I really enjoy, you know, like, as much, you know, like, it's interesting to see the Coliseum through the years and especially in the film. You know, you had, um, I believe, I can't remember the name of the group. Oh, Richard Marks, I believe, I think he fil he filmed an a uh, film day music video at the Coliseum where he hit a home run off Dennis Eckersley. And I thought that was kind of cool. And then, you know, like you have angels in the outfield being filmed there. Then you have Moneyball filmed there as well. So it's kind of like, you know, like it's kind of interesting how like 
just seeing the that's why I kind of like appreciate the history of the Coliseum because of like especially what movies that were filmed there. Yeah, and it, I, I just think it looks great on film. You know, there's something cinematic about like those rounded second and third decks. Like I don't know, there's something. It's just very classic sports stadium. You know, I, I think it's fantastic. I love. It. I mean, I'm biased, but I love it. I love the Coliseum. <laughs> no, no, I I completely I completely agree with you. And then like, you know, I was. You know, like for me being, you know, growing up and actually remembering pre-Mount Davis, because a lot of the younger fans nowadays don't, it's, you know, like you kind of wish you could, uh, they could see, you could wish they could see that type of view of the Oakland Hills because man, that, that was beautiful. I think it, I think that if that stadium, the A stadium was still around today, I think we'd probably not be talking, to be honest, I don't think we'd be talking about Howard Terminal. You could be talking about upgrades to the current state, upgrades to the current stadium, just making everything so much better. Dude, I totally agree. I mean, I, I mean, now we're starting a whole different conversation. But I think, like, I, I know Dave Cavill's pushing the the renderings that how we're terminal. Like, believe me, I would love it to be there. Yeah. But 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 realistically, I think the it makes most sense to, you know, knock down Oracle and and rebuild at, at the Coliseum site. Um, I mean, that's what I think. But I, I I don't really know everything about the situation. But there just seems like so many hurdles at Howard Terminal, you know. But but I, but I agree, man. When every time I see a, a photo of the '90s Coliseum and they got the Oakland Hills over over those bleachers, like I'm like, gee, like I want to go back to that. You know, I really want to go back to that. <laughs> oh, same, you know? same. Here. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it, dude. And um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Hopefully, there'll be some more some more movies at the Coliseum at some point. Who knows? <laughs> I hope so too. It'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. Awesome, man. All right. Thank you so much, Ricky. I appreciate it. No problem. Take it easy, Alex. All right. Thank you to Ricky for coming on the Ricky. It's a Ricky-ception going on here. <laughs> no, but seriously, uh, my roommate says he's not a fan of Angels in the Outfield. I personally like it. I, th- I think it holds its weight. For me, personally, it's Sandlot. But I don't know. I, I-, I see what he's saying. I see what he's saying. It's pretty cheesy with the whole arms waving, all that stuff. But hey, it's the 90s, you're a kid. It could happen. <laughs> well, thank you very much for tuning in for episode two of the GOAP. I'm your host, Alex Espinoza. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at RickyBlog. Hoping to drop one of these at least every Monday. We got some special stuff cooking up too. Appreciate all the early support, and yeah, keep checking back for fire memes and content at RookieBlog. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one.